1: Welcome in, good morning, happy Friday to you, it's Aloha Friday. In my career I've always tried to set myself up to have a late Friday, so that I could start my weekend as the day moves on. A super typhoon with 190 mile per hour winds is barreling towards Hong Kong. Okay, so we got that going this morning. What else can we take a look at, what else can we start thinking about, um market is fully valued is probably a phrase that's been coming out of Wall Street for the last week, whether it be people like Carl Icahn or not. Um, Does that mean it's fully valued? No, but some people think it's fully valued. When you're a stockbroker or when you hear your broker, I don't even know if you have a stockbroker. I mean, that's like 10, 15 years ago. But it used to be like your broker would call you up and say, yes, our research department has a buy rating on this little company called Facebook. It doesn't matter if he's right or wrong, the research department. It's the fact that they've got thousands and thousands and thousands of brokers who can call thousands and thousands and thousands of customers and say good things about it. That's a little bit, you know, um, blusterous, but it is uh, something to think about. You know, sometimes perception is reality. It really, really, really is. Now, just because I'm wearing a shirt that slims me doesn't mean my gut doesn't explode all over you when you take off the shirt, right? Where perception and reality don't match up. Today's line for Apple iPhones are going to be interesting. If you take a look at history, the first iPhone sold like 700,000 the first weekend. The second one was like 1 million. Then it was 2 million. Then it was 4 million. The last one was 5 million. So the over-under for success on the iPhone 5S is $5 million. $6 million is a huge hit weekend. $4 million is a... Hmm. Now, keep in mind, they've gone from a user base of about 700 million iPhones last year to over a billion iPhones this year. So the addressable market's getting bigger. So that first initial weekend should get bigger. On some levels, not always. There were 1,400 customers in line... At the New York Grand Central Station uh, Apple store this morning. That's a lot of people. That's not quite a football stadium, you know? But over in China, there's people waiting in line. Apple does this whole waiting in line thing intentionally until it backfires on one day when someone gets killed waiting in line, like Walmart does the whole midnight Christmas thing. It'll backfire at some point. Anyhow, and anyway, um, things to talk about today. I, I certainly think that, you know, this should be an interesting show today. We've got the SP 500 down one. we got the Dow down 32. The NASDAQ's up three. We had the Federal Reserve this week basically do nothing. So, surprise day, do nothing, that means taper tomorrow. When will tomorrow be? Will it be October? That's what the new thinking is, but I don't even know if I want to talk about this right now. I'm angry. Another big company now is tapping the healthcare exchanges for part timers. Home Depot is shifting medical coverage for part time workers to new public marketplace exchanges ahead of a new benefits requirement under the U.S. Affordable Care Act. Home Depot joins just a slew of other companies saying, you know what, we don't want the pressure. Walgreens, earlier this week, a big U.S. drugstore. You're starting to see companies offer less for their employees than they were a year ago because of health care, the Affordable Care Act, the Obamacare, whatever you want to call it. I'll say both because I feel like Obamacare is an insult to Democrats and I feel like the Affordable Care Act is an insult to Republicans. So I'm just going to say both at this point in time. And if you don't think Obamacare is a little bit of a slur, there's something you didn't learn about slurs. The world's largest home improvement retailer, said they made a similar announcement with Trader Joe's. So that's going to affect another 20,000 plus workers. And you look at Trader Joe's and you're like, I like Trader Joe's. It's so good to me when I go in there. That's so good to me. So Home Depot did say for the 340,000 full-time employees, they will offer health care benefits uh, continuing. Um, and they will be paying more for coverage next year due to higher health care costs. So next year's kind of got me, I'm not going to say rabbled. But if I were the the Riddler, I'd have a big question mark on my chest because next year, I don't know. I think health care laws, like, if you're a part-time worker and your company's not giving you health care insurance and you have to go to a health care exchange, otherwise get fined. Like, I know people in this industry, I'm not going to say names, I know people in this building who barely makes $200 a month as a part-timer that he's going to have to pay almost $200 a month for a health care. Or he's going to get fined. like, interesting. Just throwing it out there for you. Just throwing it out there for you. Uh, what do we need to know? What do we need to know? Um. So, again, as we move away from the Fed this month, we're going to start looking at Congress next month and talking about dysfunctional. Man, those are people that would eat their own children. I'm positive of it. Stock market has had a cooling off period. We had a major, major, new all-time record highs this week. We had a major S&P 500 up over 20% for the year. You can go and try to get that anywhere else. If the House is due to vote on a stopgap funding bill that basically would defund Obamacare, Affordable Care Act for Americans, the White House said they would veto it. The political soap opera is set to go. You know what I love about operas? There's an author named John Barth, who I think in the 50s wrote something called The Floating Opera. and That was when America was really starting to come into some consciousness about you know DNA and genetics and uh, molecules and, and different types of technologies. The Floating Opera was all about this concept of, depending on where you are, you hear different things in an opera. If you're behind it, you hear it going away. If you're in front of it, you hear it coming at you. If you're you know, in the flute section, you probably only hear flutes. Same thing with politics. To me, it is a floating opera. I've learned not to have a perspective in politics because it depends on where you're sitting. And that may depend on where you grew up is where you like to sit. So my opinion on politics is I hate them all. I just hate the opera. I hate the opera. I hate ballet. I went to see the Gettysburg. Not the Gettysburg, but the Civil War opera that Philip Glass did a couple of years ago. And let me just sum up the whole opera for you.
0: War is
1: sorrowful. Do that about 400 times and you got the whole friggin' fraggin' Civil War opera in your head. If you want to quote me on that, you're more than welcome to. So we hear from some Fed officials today. Kansas City Fed President George. George, tell me about the rabbits. Fed Governor Tarullo, St. Louis Fed President Bullard, who I think is the best. I vote for him i like to see him replace um, Ben Bernanke, Fed President, culture laka laka They're all slated to give speeches, and they're basically going to be giving us some insights in what's coming next. A couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, Mr. Bullard's on uh, TV. Paper decision was a borderline decision, and he said, you know, we're not going to necessarily do it. And he was, the- turns out he was the one setting up the correct balloon. Is that time already? No, keep the microphones on. I must, I must, I must continue to talk. Darden Restaurants reports earnings day. AK Steel reports earnings. So October's going to be that moment in the time where your pilot says, uh, We might be uh, prepared for a little chop ahead. You might want to put your seatbelts on. We'll take a break here. You're the same 1220 KOW.
0: Money, KDOW An and I radio station.
1: Welcome in, Rob Blagg Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Money invested in more. Grand Theft Auto five is getting a lot of headlines and press. I think most rightfully so. You know, when you pull in eight hundred million dollars in day one, you're basically redefining you know, a success in media. We have changed, and the video game is an example of it. Netflix is a bigger example of it. When I was a kid, we had three channels. I know! ABC, ABC, CBS. Not even Fox! Not even Fox! There came a point where Fox started um, doing the 10 o'clock news, and then they put, like, horrible reruns around everything else. And they did one night of programming. I think they did, like, I'm making this up, but I know they did, um, what was the alien show? Oh, uh, X-Files. So they did X-Files on Fridays for Nerdy Boys 18 to 35. I had a sexy woman on there for Nerdy Boys 18 to 35. They had aliens on there for Nerdy Boys 18 to 35. Then they did Beverly Hills 90210. So they basically told their advertisers things like, and Married with Children so, for Nerdy Boys, 18 to 35, or for Raunchy Boys, 18 to 35. And that Begles 92 one was for Girls, 18 to 35, and Supercharged Hormone Boys, 18 to 35. Because you didn't watch that show you're for masculine reasons. So they, they're like, okay, advertisers, we're not going to deliver you 10 million people like NBC can. We're going to deliver you 1 million people, but they're all going to have pimples. We're going to deliver you 1 million men, but they're all going to be prime time, you know, uh, discretionary spending. So Fox kind of started reinventing stuff, which led to, you know, more cable. And HBO came along with The Sopranos and changed the world of, that is good TV. We will pay for that. Um, and then the other cable execs started figuring out that they could make money doing it. And a console, you know, when you start seeing, like, Call of Duty pulling $600 million, and then you see a movie like The Lone Ranger massively flop. Our eyeballs are going er, different directions. We're no longer being steered into few options. We're allowed to vote with our eyeballs and say, I think this is better entertainment than that. So for better or for worse, I don't know what it tells you about our society. It's $600, $800 million in one day. That's pretty impressive, all things considered. So I say congratulations to Take Two, and you're redefining where media takes us. And very much so, I'm worried about this because I work in the industry, radio and television You know, satellite radio is a real competitive threat. It is another place for our ears to go while we're traveling. Uh, For television, you know, good golly, Miss Molly, how many news stations are there? I work at a news station. How many news stations are there? About a bazillion. Not say you just like tech news. Is TechCrunch not enough? Is you know, Engadget not enough? Is CNET not enough for your tech news? So the industry is fragmenting aggressively. And I think something like Grand Theft Auto V, you should not like write it off and go, that's a joke. You should write it off and say, you know, I now get it. We vote with our dollars. I will never take no for an answer if I have money. I'll take no for an answer if I don't have money. And that can go with women. It can go with retail product. It can go with restaurant services. I'm not a fan of, of grilled onions. I don't mind onions. Just don't like, grilled onion. So I order a sandwich that has onions on it, and I'm like, please, no onions. And, you know, I'm pretty emphatic about it because I really don't like the taste of grilled onion. So if it comes with grilled onions, I'm like, you know what, just take it off my bell. I don't even want another one. I've lost my appetite because I asked you specifically. So, anyway, um, so we vote with our eyeballs. We vote with our, our dollars. That's without a doubt the way it goes. Um Cornell's men's lacrosse team suspended after a hazing case involving lots of alcohol. Um, this is just ridiculous. If you feel like you have to haze people to be part of a group, there's something wrong with you. I get fraternities. I get sororities. I get the bonding that comes over hazing. I don't get the super secret handshakes. I don't. But I do get the uh, networking and I, I do wish I networked more. It's probably the advice that I give to high schoolers the most. It's probably the advice that I give to college people. There's this six foot tall Amazon woman at Cron who left yesterday after working for a year and she said any advice? I said network. I said it's my biggest regret of my twenties. Not working hard, not starting a business, not, you know not setting that business up properly with, you know, legal protections from my partners. Uh, my biggest regret is not networking more. So um Another thing that you can start paying attention to is we're starting to get a little vampired out as a society. And it started with the Twilight series with bad acting and we're like, ah, are vampires supposed to like combust when they hit the sun and they don't? And then we get into some more vampires and the true blood and the sookie. All those vampire shows are starting to end and they're being replaced with paranormal or supernormal or superheroes have a big thing going on right now. It's all cyclical. Same thing could be said for growth stocks. We love, we love it, we love it, we love our tech companies. And then after a few years, we burn out on them because there's only so many dollars that can flow into so many tech stocks. There's only so many eyeballs that can see vampires. And then we get burned out on it. So the whole thing that I'm trying to piece together for you is that things ebb and flow, but they ultimately push forward. People say, what what should I put in my 401k? I'm like, pick everything. Most of those things are are good over time. Just go with low cost and go with low fees. And if you have three years up in large cap balloon stocks, sell the large cap balloons and buy the small cap balloons. It's really a 10-horse race. I call it the large cap growth and value. That's two. The mid-cap growth and value, that's four now. The small cap growth in value, that's six now. The international, seven. Emerging markets, eight. Some sort of income, nine. And every year, those horses, some of them win. Some of them start sprinting and then they fade. They all get to the finish line. If the finish line is four years of your investment career, they all get there. Some will get there faster than others. So learn to play the game right. You know, this weekend, I'm going to relax. I'm so burned out. I feel like I've been doing three media projects now for five years in a row, which I've been doing three media projects now for five years in a row. I'm burned out. I'm tired. I need to get away from this. I need the phone off. I need texting off. I need email off. But I do know how the horse race ends, and I still have my 401K, of which I'm going to plan to look at it today. I look at it every three months. Today, when I shut down business mode, I'm going to switch to Rob Black retirement mode. I'm going to take a look at what's been doing well and what's been doing poorly. I'm going to you know, shift out of the waitings for the doing well and going to shift into the waitings of what's been doing poorly. Is today any more different than yesterday or the week before? No. Nope. It's just the day I have it on my calendar. Is it tied towards recent actions out of Wall Street where people are saying that they're going to see the market as fully valued? No. Nope. It's just you know, this is the day that I've marked for it. It's about all I got for you today. Oh my. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Modern vampires versus ancient vampires. I like my vampire's name, George. Not Cameron. I don't know. Just me. Ooh, Vampire Weekend, by the way. Big concert this weekend take a break here. We'll be right back. Give us Rob Black of your money. Find me online at robblack.com. <laughs>
0: Visit Rob Black's YouTube channel for a fresh take on the market each weekday with Rob's morning market notes. You'll also see Rob's winners and losers and find an endless stream of financial insights when you browse hundreds of Rob Black video clips. Share them with your friends. Subscribe to YouTube channel Rob Black Show or follow Rob on Twitter, handle Rob Black Show, and you won't miss a clip. That's YouTube channel Rob Black Show and Twitter, handle Rob Black Show. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. This is one
1: of those hipster bands that I like. Arcade fire. That doesn't make me a hipster. It makes me a wannabe hipster, which is even worse. I can't grow the facial hair the way I should grow the facial hair. I do wear in sport a goatee, and there's a funny story behind it. Thirteen years ago, I started in television. Um, My background is finance. My background is investment advising. And I fell into radio, which there was a national radio business network that there was a reporter that couldn't take the hours anymore, so he quit. And I love getting up at 4 a.m. Well, I don't love getting up at 4 a.m. There's the, I get up at 4.35. I used to get up at 4 or 4.30, but I'm getting fatter and slower. So the Rob 2.0 is fatter and slower. In technology, it's smaller, cheaper, and faster, but in Rob, it's fatter, slower, and probably more expensive. <coughs> Thank you very much. I should write that one down, because that would actually work well in my, my skit. And uh, now you're saying, you do a skit? No. Just, someday I will. Um, where was I going? Okay, so I was doing national... Okay, so reporter quits. So I'm, I'm literally doing two minutes an hour. And then they double it to four minutes an hour. And then they double it to two hours and then three hours. And then one day the host gets snowed in, and they're like, Talk. And people liked it, so I started doing a national radio show. They put me on from or some criminal who basically stole people's money and he got out of prison and did a consumer show that wasn't very good, but he's still in the world today. Um, so they gave me his show, and that led to which led to, which led to and finally I get on t v and first di- a couple weeks TV my boss is like, "You're not gonna last six months and then they gave me with the general manager, the program manager, and the local news, news manager and the general manager said you gotta shave the goatee i'm like i'm keen here with a goatee um it's part of my signature image the generation x and the guy goes no, no 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 you gotta shave it i'm like well it is your airwave so ultimately you're gonna win this battle but tell me why he said because people think you look like the devil and will change the channel so i'm like, hmm intriguing now when i see Susie Orman, i see the devil so i get his, his point of thought and i scream sometimes i wet myself a little bit but not a lot but yeah she bothers me i lose other bodily functions just start vomiting but i don't look like the devil do i so anyway um i always try to learn something from everybody And I always try to share a little bit of that with you so that you can learn something from everybody and that you can hopefully share that with other people. Woody Allen once said, money is better than poverty, if only for financial reasons. My goal is to get you to retirement so that you have money in retirement and not poverty in retirement. I really don't care how you live today because honestly, most men today, we'd live in a cardboard box as long as there's a big TV in it. Right? We don't, have to have a McMansion, we have to have have a big TV. But in retirement, I think you want to have some dignity. I think you want to have some spending options. And it's not whether you're right or wrong that's important, but how much money you make when you're right and how much money you lose when you're wrong. That's George Soros. I'm going to miss George when he goes. He's someone who I have a lot of disagreements with, philosophically, but I think that's a pretty good way of approaching investing. It's not how much money you make. It's how much money you make when you're right and how much money you make when you're wrong. John Paul Getty said, Money is like manure. You have to spread it around or it smells. Now, this ties me into another myth. I remember a dog pooped on my yard, and the owner says, Don't worry, it's fertilizer. I'm like, dog poop is not fertilized. Dog poop is poop. Cow manure is fertilizer. They have different diets, and they process the the food differently. And the guy looked at me like, you just rocked my world. You destroyed everything that I knew true about my dog pooping on yards. So, But I do agree with John Paul Getty. Money does need to be spread around. Because, yes, you can hit a home run with tech stocks. Yes, you can hit a home run with real estate. I've seen families destroyed Because of real estate. I've seen 20 years wasted where they got ahead and then it all fell apart on them. Whether they lost a renter, whether they bought in cheap markets that were going up and then collapsed. I've seen people destroyed by betting only on one area. I don't know. Donald Trump's one of those people that... He's kind of like a Susie Orman. There's... What I refer to as anti-heroes, Walter White from Breaking Bad is considered an anti-hero, where he's doing something bad and he's hurting people, but for a while there you were kind of rooting for him because he's doing mostly bad to drug dealers and drug users, and he started hurting people outside that circle, and you're like, okay, I better change my opinion on him. But yeah, there's some anti-heroes that I don't pull for, that I actually hope they combust. Donald Trump and Susie Orman are my internally combust list. If anyone can help me figure out how to make this happen without going to jail, I'd be thrilled. Like, if she were to get so dense, and she is pretty dense, that she just just internally combusts and turns into a black hole, and then a couple people get sucked in and that's the end of her shell, that'd be a great finale. Oscar Wilde once said, When I was young, I thought that money was the most important thing in life. Now that I'm old, I know that it is. Money doesn't buy you happiness. It doesn't. A good partner buys you a lot of happiness. But taking that good partner to Mexico for a week, two weeks, where you don't have to think about your cell phone, about your children, about your wardrobe, about traffic, about that person who just ran a red light and slammed into your car. Mark Twain said, October This is one of the most dangerous months to speculate in stocks in. The other months are July, January, September, April, November, May, March, June, December, August, and February. Genius. If we hit a stock market correction in October, I don't care. Because I'm not speculating. I know know the rules. So when we hit five years ago, a big collapse in the stock market tied towards the banking system, I didn't panic. I got everything back and more because I put more money in. Oh. So understand that speculation is different than investing. Speculation is different than investing and different than trading. And what's interesting, you may think you're investing when you're really trading. You may think you're trading when you're really speculating. I might do three to four trades a year. That's it. And I'm actively involved in the process. Benjamin Franklin once said, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. Okay, so he was a little bit of a dude who looked like a chick who helped set up the country. I get it. An investment in knowledge, absolutely. Totally agree. You know, I would much rather read newspapers than read fiction, fictional books at this point in time. I don't get off on fiction anymore. I don't enjoy it. I don't, find any pleasure in it. My life is about so much reading and research that it's ruined me. Peter Lynch once said, know what you own and know why you own it. Let me put it in different terms. Write down five to ten reasons why you have a mutual fund, five to ten reasons why you have a stock. If you can't do that, then you're just like doing a, a gut feeling. You know what gut feelings do? Nothing. Nothing. You don't have spidey sense. And if you do, give me a call because I'm going to make some money off you. I'm going to monetize you the best I can. It's like that that sign that the dog has when you walk up to a dog and it says, I bite. Like, I'm not that worried that the dog can bite. I want to monetize that thing that he knows how to spell. That's power. That's something we can market. And ladies, have you ever made a frog that talks? It says, kiss me, I'll turn into a prince. Don't kiss him. Put him in a cage and take him on tour. Because a talking frog's worth a lot more than a prince. Warren Buffet, he said, if past history was all there was to the game, the richest people would be librarians. Yeah. You know, one of the areas that I look at, and a lot of people are really nervous like, oh no, debt ceiling debates, oh no. There's this the boogeyman out there. There's always a boogeyman, whether it's inflation or deflation, whether it's high price of oil or low price of oil whether it's sharknadoes or the year of the shark. I tell this story way too often, but in the year 2011, the first eight months of the year was dominated with headlines about sharks eating people. The only thing you're going to remember about the year of 2011, 2001, I'm sorry, 2001, is 9-11. So the first eight months of 2001 was all sharks. CNN had graphics like, shark attack, you know, don't go in the water. Should we even be in the water? It's their their domain. And then 9-11 happens, and suddenly 2001 is remembered for a totally different event. So again, I just throw it out there. I don't expect you to, you know, become rich from my sayings. I expect you to become wealthy over time if you play the game correctly. Part of playing the game correctly is knowing who you are and cutting down on the mistakes that you make. Like when I told you earlier in the show that, you know, I've got a grandpa. I got a uh, you know uh, family member who bets on every horse in a horse race, and he wins, but ultimately he loses money. In the world of stock markets, I bet on every horse, and some years I underperform, but I don't lose money because I haven't sold. I haven't given the cash for that ticket. I've given cash to buy shares of that ticket. And I still own shares, and if that horse eventually wins. I win. As long as the choices I am making outpace inflation. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. take a break here. We'll be right back on Rob Black and Your Money.
0: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
1: This was one of my favorite songs last year. Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeroes were all some Letterman. Every now and then I fall in bed in front of the TV and uh, wake up and I see a band. I'm like, ooh. Again, another hipster band where I'm not a hipster, but I'm a wannabe hipster. The lyrics of this song are just fun. Alabama, Arkansas, I do love my and pa. Not the way that I do love you. Holy moly, me oh my, you're the apple of my eye that's pretty good like if i were to sit down i want to come up with holy moly me oh my you're the apple of my eye moats boats and waterfalls alleyways and payphone calls i've been everywhere with you that's true payphone calls that's going away back when i was a kid we had three channels (laughs) Um. anyway another hipster band And what's cool about Edward Sharp is it's a character that he plays. And every now and then L.A. gets something right, whether you like it or not. It's an L.A. band. And Edward Sharp was sent to the earth to save earth. And, well, he kind of messes it up. He keeps falling in love with women, which is totally the flaw of all men. Men made the world. Women refined it. There's a great headline out there that I just totally love. How to avoid marijuana stock scams. And, you know, you instantly go, don't be high when buying stocks is probably number one, right? But, okay. And, again, if you smoke or you don't smoke, it's not my opinion. It's not my right to judge. But the scammers are at it again. This time they're using legalization of marijuana for recreational use in two states for medical use. In about 20 states, trying to lure people into fraudulent opportunities. So be cautious. Uh, anytime that there's something that's like a big headline, it could instantly um, translate into, well, I could use that big headline. You've heard about it in the news, right? You've heard about this Obamacare, this Affordable Care Act. So I work for a company that's taken an opportunity to invest in a small company. I don't want to get you in on the ground level. We're expecting to go IPO. Like it's pretty easy to pull off scams, but how to avoid marijuana stock scams? Don't smoke a lot of weed and and give away your money. Some of the things that I like to do is, um, I've got a friend who takes his kid to the dollar stores, and I, I always I always appreciate watching other people and how they spend money, um, and how they like reward their kids or not reward their kids. Cleaning supplies are actually pretty good purchases at dollar stores. Dollar store brand cleaners work just as well as name brand cleaners. They cost about 30% less. Sponges and scrub brushes are also cheaper at the dollar store. Sponges is pretty much a sponge. Now, if you're starting to get into name brand stuff like Ajax dish soap and Comet, um, similarly, you are paying about the same. Food containers. Cheaper at a dollar store. Gift wrap and bags, cheaper. Greeting cards, a lot cheaper. Party supplies like napkins, way cheaper. 50% cheaper. Picture frames, if you're looking for inexpensive ways to frame things, like your kid's drawings. Let's face it, your kid's not Pablo Picasso. I've got a Pablo Picasso hanging in my office at Crom. Not a piece of art. I've got a picture of Pablo Picasso. Just, it's a little bit different. If you see the movie Jobs... Apple used to have um, a lot of inspirational people, you know, people who were considered geniuses for their time. And they've got a lot of black and white frames of these people hanging in the, the halls of, of Apple, and I've actually got one of the one of those. So it was Pablo Picasso, which was hung at Apple. How did I get it? Was it the four finger discount? Was it hey look, it's three in the morning? I'm not gonna say. Scented candles, cheaper at dollar store. Shampoos, cheaper at the dollar store. Anyway, what brought this up was that a friend of mine, he's got a couple of kids who, eh, they're not the best looking kids. Like, they got teeth that are going forward. Their mouth is just a mess of teeth going every angle. He's like, yeah, I take my kids to the dollar store and let them go crazy. Give them five bucks and they, they, they can do whatever they want. And I kind of like that, like, if you're going to throw, away, I mean, again, they're probably getting sugar and diabetes. But with that said, I get it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to chat about, let's chat about. Um, you know, I went over some of the great financial sayings. One of the things that I want you to do is really come up with something that defines you. Um, I refer to it as a manifesto. If you can come up with, and it doesn't have to be like a Unabomber manifesto, it could be uh, I'm a saver, I'm not a spender. You know, I just got a big deposit in my check account, and I'm like, I should do something nice for myself. I think I deserve a big fatty steak tonight. And you know what? I don't. I'm a saver, I'm not a spender. And as I get older, I don't really like the big fatty steaks. I like the small fatty steaks. That's just how much can you really push in your face. I know every type of asset and every type of thing that can get me ahead in life entails some risk. Whether it be having a wife and kids where you're buying a single family home, if I lose my job, that single family home is a big liability. If I keep the family in it for 20, 30 years, it's a huge asset. But I know the risks in the short term. I accept risk. There's probably a good chance of the day that I die that I'll have some debt. I'm okay with that. I'm not one of those little squirrels. i got to pay off all my debt. i got to pay off all my debt. got to pay off all my debt. I have a plan that I can write down. I can document it. I very, very rarely stray from that plan. Um, in large part because I tend to make mistakes when I stray. I think you probably do as well. And I'm not talking about fidelity of a loved one. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm talking about, like, you're like, I'm going to run five miles a day for five days a week. And then you're like, I'm going to run 20 miles today. And your body starts to break down. Or, I'm going to sprint the ending of this. Or, I'm going to start... When you stray from your plan, you tend not to do as well. Also, when you stray from your plan, you start surprising people. And people don't like surprises. And anyway... Um... I keep my cool, I have a manifesto, I can write the stuff down, trust me it's not going to be Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, good day, I do adieu to you and you and you, I'm Rob Black, I'm your money expert. I use that term lightly because I'm actually not qualified as a money expert. I don't think there's a test on money expertise. I've been doing it a long time. I consider myself smart. I consider myself learning from my mistakes. And I consider if you listen, I'm going to do the best I can to educate you. This is a call-in show, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. couple thoughts out there. Prudential Financial lost its appeal to shed its tag as a systemically important which subjects it to additional government oversight. This Financial Stability Oversight Council had originally assigned that label to the insurer in July. like, that could put me a sleep Texas Insurance raised its quarterly dividend by 7% to 30 cents a share. Second time this year, the chipmaker has raised its quarterly payout. You know what I like about that? It's an old, mature company. And it still has some sex appeal because it has that, that dividend payout. It's not bad. It's not bad. Dividends is sexy. Buybacks are sexy. Some guys like blondes. Some guys like big tushies. I like dividends and I like Steinbach, stock buybacks. Right? Right? You with me? Sexy? Texas Instruments? Mm-hmm. Not selling it, am I? Tried. You know the 45 year old woman who still has sex appeal and reaches out to younger men that's texas instruments they're old and long in the tooth they used to be a sexy growth suck they're not anymore they can't pretend to be they make a lot of semiconductors that are in cars <laughs> you'll never know if you have a texas instruments chip is my best guess you know about intel still you still know if you have an intel processor kind of thing New York Times declared a quarterly dividend of four cents a share for the first time. The newspaper publishers paid a dividend for first time in four quarters. Vornado. I know you're saying, Vornado? Is that anything like Volari? Vornado. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, it's nothing like them. Uh, Vornado is a real estate company that owns a lot of real estate. And for some reason, they own a lot of, like, strip malls. So the real estate investment trust, they operate the strip mall, they get the tenants, and then they share ninety percent of their profits with you. Great, but for some reason they started investing in JC Penney's, which is kind of incestuous. Ooh, this show is titillating today. You're talking about older women, younger men. You're talking about incest. Yeah, we're not in the real estate business of malls, and they start buying shares of JC Penney's, who are in malls. They're selling all their shares. Rocket Fuel, sexy IPO. Rocket Fuel is the young, eighteen-year-old, sweet thang. They priced their IPO at the top of its expected range. We know nothing about it. We know that they do internet. No, no, no. We know that they do advertising exchanges with companies like Facebook. So they're a middleman who buys time and then resells the time. And they're sexy. They've got massive growth. Facebook has massive growth. Rocket Fuel is a poor man's Facebook. Take a symbol F U E L. Publicly traded came out today. But now, a lot like other 18-year-olds, we don't know how it's going to mature. Is it going to blossom into a beautiful man, beautiful woman? Or is it going to burn out and end in the gutter covered in vomit? We don't know. Tipco Software reported a fourth-quarter profit of 28 cents a share. I didn't even know Tipco was still around. That's one of those tech companies from 1990s. I'm waiting for calls, by the way. So here's what I'm going to do while I wait for calls. I'm going to play Candy Crush. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. Let's see. Where am I at? Ooh. Level 550. Chevron got a favorable court ruling today. Avoiding paying $19 billion judgment stemming from the contamination in the Amazon. Who likes those butterflies from the Amazon anyway? All they do is ruin my... my my hood of my car splattered all over it. Disney and film producer Jerry Bruckheimer are going to end their film deal next year. That deal had given Disney a first option on Bruckheimer's films. Although the two will continue to work together, Disney had a massive flop with Bruckheimer's Lone Ranger. I don't even know. Did they even use that song in the movie? Did anyone see the Lone Ranger? Is anyone willing to admit they saw the Lone Ranger? Home Depot is going to move part-time workers to the new public insurance exchanges. I know you're saying, "Give me the numbers! Give me the numbers!" I've decided I'm going to start wearing a satchel like Indiana Jones. Throw me the satchel!" I'm just have some small Asian person hang out with me always going, "Throw me the satchel!" And people are going to look at me like, "You hire someone to walk around with you." Yes. Go on without me, Doctor Jones. SP 500 is down one. Dow down 29. Nasdaq's up four. And for the record, a satchel is not a purse. Just so everyone knows, satchels contains like important documents in them. 10-year Treasury sits 2.76%. Gold sits down 33 dollars an ounce at 1335. Oil down fractions at $105 a barrel. Oil's been stubbornly high this year. And if you look, the airline industry's rocking and rolling. Kiss once saying this on, I want to rock and roll all night and party every day. Airlines have been rocking and rolling as an index. Pretty impressive. Like, they've got some, um, how shall we say, power over us. If you're going to a small city like a Cincinnati or a Tulsa, that's not part of a hub flight, you're paying an arm and a leg. Grand Theft Auto full 5, four, Grand Theft Auto 5, $800 million on its first day. Video game maker, Take-Two Interactive, is making $260 million bet on Grand Theft Auto 5. So Grand Theft Auto 5 price tag was no joke. Two hundred and sixty million dollars to make a video game. You think there was some wastage in that? I bet there was, right? Avatar, four hundred and sixty million dollars. Pirates of the Caribbean, At World's end, three hundred million dollars to make. Tangled, two hundred and sixty million dollars. I don't even know what Tangled was. Something that, that Disney film? I don't know. So It's impressive to say the least. Take two, publicly traded. This Christmas, I don't know if you know what's going to happen, but there's going to be a new Xbox and be a new PlayStation 4. There's going to be a lot of people under the age of 35 basically showing their true colors, that they've lost all initiative to get ahead in life, and they're going to be buying the day it's released in November. But the whole area is new and vibrant again. Xbox 360 was feeling a little old to me. So the PlayStation 3 was feeling a little tired to me. Now again, I'm a boy at heart. Do I want to see these? Yes. Do I want to buy them in and play them? No. I just don't have the time. I still like playing one video game a year. I played Bioshock Infinite this year. Um, I like seeing the new technologies. I like seeing the stories. I admit it. I keep it very contained. But Activision Electronic Arts... GameStop, they are all going to be part of a move in this very first move. Now, again, Wall Street already is thinking innings four, five, and 6 not non-innings one, two, and three. You're thinking innings one, two, and three, so you're behind the curve. Don't chase, but watch carefully and wait for your opportunity. And when the gun goes bang, you might have an opportunity.
0: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM-1220 KBOW and iHeart Radio Station.
1: So there was an argument out or a thought out this week about how Larry Ellison and Sergey Brin and Larry Page at Google and they're spending money to try to figure out how to live forever. And I'll tell you what—that's great if you're billionaire Larry Ellison, and it's great if you're billionaire Sergey Brin. But it is not great if you're the average American. Increasing longevity will break pension plans. It'll erode Social Security's finances. It'll make it so hard for individuals to choose a path towards a well-funded retirement that they may as well be playing pin to tail on donkey when it comes to investment decisions. The idea of living to 120 is probably the biggest nightmare to financial people like me. Yes, a long life can be a blessing. Yes, I had a, fa- a re- relative pass away in the mid-90s a couple years ago. Living, what, whew, 20 years longer 15 to 20 years longer than life expectancy. Pensions and Social Security checks, you know, they used to cover green fees and early word specials, but they don't cover that anymore. So you're going to have to work longer. You're going to have to save more. If we continue to live longer and longer, you know, if you look at the death records that go back to the 1800s, you know, life expectancy has been rising at a pretty consistent rate of two and a half years per decade. That works out to three extra months for every year alive. Six hours for every day. That's more and more money. Now, progress can change that. There's a research report out today from an ex-Microsoft employee who says, you know, like the United States, we focus on terrorism the wrong way. We're looking for the one person who's going to blow up 300 people instead of looking for the one person who's going to kill 300,000. The person who's going to do a citywide attack with spores, he's right. And we spend a terrible amount of money going after saving 300 versus saving 300,000 or 3 million. So life expectancy is going to continue to grow and grow and grow. And believe it or not, and I know you're going to say, that is a shocking statement. But wars and death and plague have actually helped world economies by cutting down on the number of people on the planet. Lawrence Fink, chairman and CEO of BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager, says the U.S. should follow the lead of Australia, which I totally agree with. Australia forces employees, or employers in this case, to contribute 9.25% of every paycheck to retirement funds. In 2020, the numbers rise to 12%. The U.K. began a similar scheme last October that will require every pension to be funded by a combined 8% of pay coming from employers, employees, and the government. We're just so run awry in America. We, we don't know where we're going. We're on the road to nowhere. Retirement age of 65, if, if life expectancy continues to rise, it's going to be a joke. You're going to have to work longer, and that's going to become one of our, our mantras. Now, again, every zo- more and more zombie movies are coming out, and they're coming out in different ways. It used to be like zombies hitting the countryside. That was the easiest thing to film. Then zombies started running super fast, and, like, they hit big cities. And then World War Z, and then zombies, like, uh, in high schools, and zombies in shopping malls. And different movies will I- isolate on zombies in certain areas. I think we should come up with, th- There's, for instance, there's Shaun of the Dead, and then there's the Cockneys versus the Zombies, which is the people who in England speak with that terribly harsh enunciations don't quite understand but um, I think we should start, like, maybe making people over 70 the new zombies and start taking target practice because we have to thin the, the herd. We can't keep feeding everyone. The prospect of living longer than our parents and our grandparents, it's not seen as a menace until you're actually there when your health is so horrific and the cost of health is so high. Now, let me contrast that and say of course I'm kidding I'm not really talking about killing people okay let me contrast that by saying the house passes a $39 billion food stamp cut Republicans in the house of representatives view the aid more skeptically arguing it's rife with waste and abuse legislation passed the chamber yesterday that would cut $39 billion from new patrician programs over a decade roughly 5% reduction that would in food stamps benefits for 3.8 million Americans next year I worked in a grocery store when I was in high school and I can tell you that there was a lot of people that they'd have two lines. The first line of their food was milk, bread, and eggs. And that's what they'd use the food stamps on. The second line was alcohol. And you knew, you're like, you have enough money for alcohol, but you don't have enough money for food. And it, you become cynical. Republicans cited the example of a surfer in California who said he used food stamps to buy lobster. There's no doubt. It, now again... million Americans get food stamps right now. You do the math in our country and say, let's say we have 300 million people. 47.7 million, that's a lot. 41 million got food stamps in 2009. Now we're up to 47.7. Beneficiaries would face a requirement that they register as looking for work under the bill and take any suitable job offer. You know, to get unemployment, should we do drug testing? You know, can you really be affording to shoot yourself up with heroin if you're also getting subsidized for not working? This is stuff that angers people. And again, I'm not a Republican or Democrat. I stay out of that one because I can't solve it. It's ungovernable to me. You know, the food aid reduction, depending on what side of the aisle you sit on, you either see it as disgraceful that America's going this way, or you see it as, like, let's start eliminating waste. Let's start making taxpayer dollars go further and farther for the people that really need it. There's a chart out this morning that talks about, I've talked about old people. I've talked about poor people. There's a chart out this morning talking about how young people are getting screwed. Stanley Duncan Miller, he is an iconic hedge fund Dude. He sees another storm of entitlement transfer payments. Entitlements are things like Social Security. They're like Medicare. They're like food stamps. They typically go to older, retired workers. He thinks that seniors in this country are essentially stealing from the young via these entitlement transfers. What more is, he thinks it could result in a crisis even more devastating than 2008. Dr. Miller is going to various campus. He's talking with the younger population. He thinks demographics that he knew with baby boomers versus the millennials. He basically is setting the millennials up as you're really going to have to step up because this isn't going to go well for you if you don't. Entitlement programs back of the federal budget outlays back in the 1960s were 28%. Today they're up to 68%. Medicaid, Medicare, and Social Security, since 1970, the benefits per Oldster have grown from 41% to 72%. So who pays for the baby boomers to have all this health care and social security? It's Millennials are going to be 75% of the workforce by 2020. And that's exploding on the retirement of boomers and exploding on millennials. And who has the worst job prospects right now? The millennials. My, my idea about zombies with old people sounds a little bit better today if you're a millennial. I'm Rob Black. Certain our demographics are becoming quite challenging. I was just speaking with someone here whose father last year had some heart work done, and it was three quarters of a million dollars in surgery. And who pays for that is tax dollars. And who pays tax dollars? It's people who are in the workforce. And who are in the workforce right now? It's the millennials, 20 to 35. And then there's the Generation Xers, 35 to 45-ish. And the boomers, you know, 55 p- plus, 50 plus, depending on how you define everything. In the 1950s, women had 3.7 children. Now the number is 2.06. Children are future taxpayers, in theory. So if we're not going to change immigration reform and let people come from other countries to work in our country aggressively, we're going to have to do something. We have to have a baby boom. Like maybe the president could start singing some Lou Reed. Is Lou Reed a sexy singer? I don't even know. Al Reed, Al Green. Um, so Drunken Miller, this hedge fund guy, is going from college to college, and he's starting to talk to the you know, the, the millennials about this issue. Millennials are living, boomers are living longer, so they're taking more entitlements, a lot more. By 2050, the baby boomers will be taking over 20% of GDP in entitlements. He says, historically, tax revenues as a percentage of GDP have a ceiling around 20%. So the statistics are really worrisome. The working age population, those between 18 and 64, is going to grow only 17%, yet seniors will grow 102% during that time. Right now there are 4.8 workers supporting each retiree. By 2030, the number will be 2.9, and by 2050 it will be 2.4. So you know how, like, deer get out of control and there's, like, just way too many of them, and a governor of a state will say, open season on deer? We may have to do that with senior citizens at some point in time. And you think I'm kidding, but maybe open season will look different than you think what I'm thinking of. I'm not saying we're gonna take pot shots at them, but you want heart surgery? Hmm, We'll put you on a list. And it's gonna be a 2.1 year list and we're gonna make you do 15 push-ups every day. See, we can't kill you before then. Current debt is a lot bigger than people think because what's off the balance sheet? If you take the present value of expected tax revenues and you subtract the present value of the benefits we promised, the current debt present value is $211 trillion. Raising taxes on the rich won't work. If you raise the tax rate on all millionaires from 40% to 50%, it would only raise $92 billion. That doesn't even move the needle. People wouldn't work at 50% because all their income for the first six months of the year would essentially go somewhere else. I know that's what... have to start thinking about that when you see your tax rate you know i would strongly consider leaving the country at some point in time and i don't mind saying that like i think there's some wonderful areas of the world to live in it's not like usa is the only great place in the world where you can get cable tv raising everyone's taxes isn't a viable solution either you'd have to raise everyone's taxes on income taxes and payroll taxes and dividends, 64%. Cutting all government spending is not going to work either. You'd have to cut it everywhere. Defense entitlements, Head Start programs by 40%. If we wait 20 years, these numbers would be 77% and taxes would be 46% of spending, though. So the longer we delay, the more exponential the numbers become. Duncan Miller, the hedge fund guy who's going around talking about the disparity between Generation X between the baby boomers and millennials says that on average 90-year-olds today are spending 135% of what the average 40-year-old is making and they're spending about twice what the average 30-year-old is spending. So the biggest part of their spending is on health. Drunken Miller, hedge fund manager, also says that our health care system screwed up. One reason is malpractice insurance. Lawyers take such a large share of what would be the physician income, the malpractice insurance also incentivizes hospitals to run all these unnecessary tests and costs go up dramatically. I know people that they've had their children in the hospital for an infection and it's treated as if it's potential cancer because the doctor can't afford for that one infection out of 100,000 to be diagnosed as an infection when it was actually cancer. It's it's it is what it is. So I feel like I'm like getting all discouraging on you, and I don't mean to. Maybe I could change the topic and go a different direction. Hey, I have a TV show on Mondays at 11 a.m. on Channel Four Cron. I also do TV um at 6:45 and 9:15 in the morning. So tune in. Feedback's always welcome on how bad my hair is. No. You know how discouraging it is that people give you grief about, like, did you, did a rat sleep in your hair? You're like, is that really the best you have? Adidas shoe company, the world's second largest maker of sporting goods, fell the most in more than a year after cutting 2013 profit forecast yesterday. Okay. Now, on one hand, I'm actually pretty good with that because I like Nike. I push Nike. I talk all about Nike. On the other hand, if Adidas sales are falling, they may say, you know what, these $100 sneaks, we're going to sell for 80, 60, 50, 40, 30, whatever. Personal income, something that I look at, combination of improved weekly and hourly earnings in hindsight for the month of August. It should underscore modestly better consumer incomes and spending. We're looking for about 3% raises across America next year. Top-line order for durable goods will probably show little, if any, growth in August. So as we're in September, we're starting to look back on what will become economic data that comes out in the next couple of weeks. New home sales comes out on Wednesday. The August new home sales data may be the last hurrah for the recent improvement in demand for new houses. Higher interest rates, traditional slowdown in demand in the second half of the year, Strong probability the pace of sales will slow noticeably into early 2014. If you want to sell your home at the peak price of this 12-month cycle, it might be this month. Now, again, it might not. You never know. Real estate's all about location, location, location. And you're like, "Ah, I live on the best street. I'm going to hold on one more month. And that may be the best strategy possible. And yet it may be the person on the worst street. As people who could afford the best go to the medium, and as people who could afford the medium best go to the low. Consumer expectations are starting to deteriorate. There's more and more discouraging stories out there. This is all economic data that we can expect next week. I'm looking ahead for you. Slowing economic activity, gas gas prices, political tensions, both geopolitical as well as domestic. You know, this whole Assad thing, we're going to give you the weapons on Thursday, we're going to give you some of the weapons on Saturday. Wait, 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 there's a civil war going on. Like, you can't possibly be standing around while we're taking shots at each other. Then you get the, you know, the House Republicans trying to defund Obamacare and the Affordable Care Act. That's contentious. Let's put it this way. That's like the dad saying bedtime's going to be 8 o'clock. And then two weeks later, the mom coming in and saying, you know what, kids, you can go to sleep whenever you want. Obamacare, President Barack Obama, he got his health care plan, the Affordable Care Act, in place. And to defund it now, it's contentious. Land prices in Japan's three largest cities rose for the first time in five years. You want to look at a devastating effect that old people have on the economy? Look at Japan. You want to look at a devastating effect that not being non-capitalist and being nice Japan tends to fire people in nice ways they tend to wait to fire people for God's sake they let Howard Stringer an American run sunny into the ground that's how nice they are German elections German I know you're saying please please tell me when Germany's having the elections Sunday I know you're saying Whoa. now hold on wait 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 why do I care the, the, the Niners are on Well, you probably don't. But if you have a 401k and you're expecting to retire, you probably want Angela Merkel reelected. So I would say use Google Translator and start reading the German papers and figuring out what's going on. If you want to be a financial nerd like me, China's got some manufacturing data coming out, some consumer price data coming out. Taiwan's got a typhoon. No, is it Taiwan or Hong Kong? Taiwan's got a typhoon named squarely at it. Hong Kong, Hong Kong. Changing my mind. Um, Economic frailty. That's a phrase that we're hearing more and more out of CEOs. Ralph Lauren said, While traffic to brick-and-mortar stores was challenging, growth in e-commerce continued to be very strong for both our retail and wholesale segments traffic to brick-and-mortar stores, okay? So that's doable, right? Dean Foods, overall weakness in large-format retail is offsetting solid growth in food service and small-format channels. Papa John says, each week we face increasing challenges from a variety of areas, including our competitors, and still a struggling global economy. Jack in the Box said, it definitely feels like the economy is stalled. Elizabeth Arden, our largest mass retail account in the U.S. has experienced negative retail sales trends and even worse replenishment trends. U.S. concrete. We saw exactly what everybody else is reporting in the public space right now. The Northeast, Southeast, and Upper Midwest and parts of Texas were significantly impacted. There was a lot of rain. So rain equals slowdown. When you're dealing with concrete, rain equals slowdown. Rick's Cabaret. I know you're saying, look at all these economic indicators from all these retailers, from pizza to pizza. Car companies. Like Ava said, the economic environment in Europe remains tough, but we saw some encouraging signs in the rest of the second half. Volume increased year over year in France, Italy, Spain, and the UK. Our initiative to expand our presence in the value segment of the European market continued to bear fruit. Rick's Cabaret said, same score sales will decline a little because we're just not trying to fill seats like we're doing through the recession. And we're looking for customers that we can actually make money off of. You know what Rick's Cabaret does? Strip clubs. That's right. Look at all these economic indicators out there. They're all basically saying sluggish or economic anemic. There you go. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. A Bloomberg Market Minute.
0: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KBOW and IR radio station.
1: Welcome back in, Rob Black. here. money, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. SP 500 is down 5 today. The Dow is down 53. The Nasdaq is down 2. The House has passed a temporary funding measure to keep the government running. The bill is coupled with a Tea Party-backed measure to block President Obama's new health care law. Basically taking funding from the Affordable Care Act and putting it into keeping the government up and going. This is going to get contentious. If you're a retiree, I probably wouldn't be 100% stocks right now. If you're not a retiree, I probably would look for the event to be short-term. Will economists be wrong about what they're doing right now? The Federal Reserve basically voted to do nothing. It didn't end tapering in September. It didn't start tapering in September. So it brings up the big question, when are they going to do it? If the government shuts down... I doubt you see a tapering. I think that could make matters, quote, unquote, worse. So if not October, then November, December, during the holiday shopping season, no way. The Fed says they're they're not political. Like during election years, they typically don't do a lot to either get a guy reelected or not. So maybe they don't taper until the beginning of next year, which I think creates the punch bowl that's being refilled. Now, we all love the punch bowl that's a little bit spiked, and our punch bowl is a little bit spiked. The Federal Reserve has basically said, here's ultra-low-cost money, but on top of it, we're going to buy debt, making debt even cheaper to acquire. So there's a free get-out-of-jail-free card that's kind of out there, or the quantitative easing has helped us with our economy. It's helped a lot of wealthy Americans get wealthier in real estate, in the stock market it's helped some middle class people refinance their debt which is great I don't think it's done all that much for the poor I don't think quantitative easing trickles all the way down to them so there was weakness in the economy that the Fed cited this week isn't that something we should be worried about now I could pull out my best you betcha but I'm not going to Overall, rock paper I see the economy as, as very much a push. You know, just like having children and buying a home, there's really never a good time in hindsight. It'll work out. But if you keep waiting for the perfect time, you're going to be childless in an apartment your whole life. But when you do it, it's stressful. So when does the Fed start tapering? We've got to do it at some point. Bernanke says that we're tied to data on the taper. He said no fixed calendar. Can they get in front of that story? I think the question is we don't know what they're reacting to. I think the question is, like, why did you hint, 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 and then not do? Because we were ready for it. Unemployment's been falling. That's good news. But the labor force, and labor force participation rate has been falling, too. So it's like that moment where you want to cut off his hand so that he can, instead of saying on one hand, but on the other hand, you want a one-handed economist right now, and we're not going to get one. Is the Fed putting its credibility on the line? I think they have. This is a very big move by not doing anything this time. I think their credibility took a little bit of a hit the day of the announcement. I understand, you know, I'm a little aggravated because I've been talking about this taper. Like, I didn't even like the word taper. I had to look up the word taper three months ago when the Fed started introducing it. The next time they tell us that they're tapering, we're going to be like, woof, woof. Until we see it, we won't believe it. So I'm optimistic. I think the Fed's doing a right thing as well as they could. I think our policymakers are doing a horrific thing by doing nothing. I think the income inequality that we're seeing in this country, I think the Fed is exasperating it. But I think it's unintentional. I think again, it's up to our politicians to create in a scenario. I'm a small business owner. I've hired many, many, many people. I don't get incentivized for it. My incentive is a higher paycheck. My higher paycheck is higher taxes. At some point in time, I'm going to say, you know what? I'd rather fire three people and be fat than barely get by. And that'll have real economic impacts if. Our government doesn't start figuring this out. In hindsight, you can look back and see how dysfunctional our government's been just by looking at the way we we wage wars. We wage war with Iraq, and Democrats are like, you can't possibly do this. This is horrible, horrible. We potentially wage war with Syria, and the Republicans are like, you can't do this. This is horrible, horrible. They're like, didn't you just say the opposite four years ago? It's that kind of silliness. Speaking of silliness, there's articles going around today about the sell-by dates on your groceries that Americans throw away way more food than we need to. use-by or sell-by or best-before dates don't have a thing to do with food safety. They're indicators for shelving and inventory purposes. They're best guesses. And this is the type of story that's like getting out there today. I don't know. Maybe we should just all buy can- canned food and eat it as long as we want. Americans waste some $900 million on food a year. I thought the number would be a lot bigger. <clears throat> 90% of customers say they've impulsively tossed out food that would be perfectly good to eat as a way of just being safe. I'd rather be safe than sorry than eat that pork. So maybe we'll get some big, um. I don't know. Reform in food. Labeling. Maybe that would be our next big thing in America. Yeah, don't eat dented cans. It's my last piece of advice for you on the weekend. If oxygen's gotten in that thing, watch out. Um, have a good weekend. I'll be doing the Chad Burton New Focus Financial show today from 1 to 2. You can find out more about me at robblack.com. You can find out more about Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. Have a nice weekend. Take care.